Welcome to Into Security Daily, the Info Security Magazine podcast that brings you a daily, bite-sized news roundup of all that's hot in the info security world. Whilst our website remains offline due to a significant and sustained DDoS attack, we'll bring you news via audio format. I'm Elena Dalloway, Editorial Director, and we're still committed to delivering the headlines that matter straight to you. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Into Security Daily podcast. I'm James Coker, reporter at Info Security Magazine, and I'm joined by my colleague Benjamin David, who is deputy editor at Info Security Magazine, to talk you through some of today's biggest stories in the field of cybersecurity. Now, as our audience will be well aware, there have been numerous high-profile data breaches since the start of the COVID pandemic. And a new study has laid bare the enormous financial costs of of such incidents. So a long running report, which is sponsored by IBM, has shown that the average cost of a data breach globally has hit $4.24 million over the past year, which is a new record for this report, which is the annual cost of a data breach report by the Ponyman Institute, which has been running for, for 17 years now. So this latest edition suggests that security incidents have become more expensive and harder to contain due to the drastic operational shifts during the pandemic. For example, breaches cost over $1 million more on average when remote work was cited as a factor in the incident. And industries that have suffered some of the biggest operational changes during the crisis, which are healthcare, retail, hospitality and consumer manufacturing and distribution, also suffered some of the biggest increases in breach costs. Healthcare led the way with incidents costing $9.23 million each on average, which is a $2 million increase over the previous year. So stolen credentials were the most common cause of a breach, which highlights really that it's more important than ever that organisations focus not on blocking attacks at the perimeter, but on detecting and responding quickly once networks have been breached um, by observing suspicious behaviour. So that's security analytics alongside AI and encryption. These were the top three mitigating factors proven to reduce the cost of a breach. And zero trust was also highlighted as helping because those organisations with a mature zero trust strategy had an average data breach cost of $3.28 million, which is $1.76 million lower than those who had not deployed zero trust at all. Um, And unfortunately, the average time to detect and contain a data breach stood at 287 days. And this is comprised of 212 to detect and 75 to contain. Um, And that represents one week longer than last year. So, so yeah, really highlights the impact of remote working and hybrid working on on the cost of data breaches. Now, Benjamin, I believe you have a rather fishy towel to, to tell us about. Thanks, James. Yes, I certainly do. And thanks for sharing this new study from the uh, the Ponymon Institute. It really highlights the huge damage, of course, data breaches have and why organizations really must strengthen their cybersecurity, particularly amid the shift to hybrid working. Now, I wanted to discuss um, the hundreds of thousands actually exposed in phishing, retailer privacy snafu. So uh, this week, a little known Dutch retailer of fishing equipment is in the spotlight after security researchers claimed a cloud misconfiguration exposed the personal information of nearly 250,000 customers 
for months. Now, a team from safety detectives found the Azure blob storage server belonging to Raven uh, Hangosport, also known as Raven Fishing BV. So the 18 gigabyte trove contained names, surnames, fixed and email addresses, genders, phone numbers, and the titles of some customers' businesses. Now, alongside customers' personally identifiable information, or PII, were order details, including customer IDs, delivery dates, discounts, shopping fees, payments, and shipment tracking numbers. Now, the server contained roughly 450,000 records, but 246,000 unique emails, meaning the latter is the more accurate estimate for how many individuals were actually affected. Customers from various countries, including Belgium, France, Denmark, and Germany, were exposed in the privacy snafu, although the majority were Dutch, according to the report. Now, after finding the server exposed to the public-facing internet on March the 10th, the team tried and failed for months to get Raven and Microsoft to remediate the issue. The server was finally secured months later, according to safety detectives. Given the length of time the PII was exposed for and the number of customers involved, this incident could invite the scrutiny of GDPR regulators. During the months that the information was publicly accessible, the data could have been harvested by identity fraudsters and fishers, or even rival organizations, according to the report. Now, James, I believe you have news of a rather dire warning about the potential consequences of cyber attacks from US President Joe Biden. Thanks, Benjamin. That's right. And and yeah, a, a very concerning story you mentioned there about the exposure of personal data and something we're seeing all too, all too often lately. So yes, US President Joe Biden has warned that if the US ended up in a war with a major power, it's most likely to result from a serious cyber attack on the country. So this has been reported by, by Reuters, basically Biden's remarks were made during a half-hour speech while he visited the office of the Director of National Intelligence. And so Biden is reported to have said, I think it's more than likely we're going to end up, if we end up in a war, a real shooting war with a major power. It's going to be a, as a consequence of a cyber breach of great consequence, and it's increasing exponentially the capabilities. Um, so the comments have come as tensions between the US and Russia continue to rise following a series of major ransomware attacks. So that includes the fuel supplier Colonial Pipeline, meat processing giant JBS USA, and most recently IT software firm Kaseya, which, which we've mentioned several times on, on this uh, earlier editions of this podcast. So the colonial pipeline attack was particularly serious as it, as it led to fuel shortages and price rises up and down the east coast of, of the United States. So it's been reported as well previously that the White House has informed the Putin administration of specific industries that, that are off limits to cybercrime groups which operate with impunity from Russia. Um, it's also said if the Kremlin doesn't take action against these groups then the US reserves the right to do so unilaterally. And so kind of giving more context on this story, recent years, NATO 
the North Atlantic Treaty Organization has sought to beef up its cyber capabilities, affirming that international law applies in cyber states and repeatedly confirmed that Article 5 could apply after a serious cyber attack. So Article 5 is, is basically where all the member countries of NATO will, will move in to support a country that's been attacked in, in whatever ways necessary, and that includes military. And the fact that this, they've said that this can extend to cyber attacks in certain circumstances highlights the seriousness that cyber attacks are having over recent years. So originally that was intended as a bit of a Cold War deterrent. So in theory, that could draw US allies into any war stemming from a cyber attack. So overall, Biden's rhetoric is sort of further evidence of the, of the strong stance he has taken in regard to cyber attacks from, from nation state actors that we've seen on sort of numerous occasions since he took his office at the White House at the start of this year. Yes, that's right, James. And we're actually publishing an article reviewing the actions President Biden has taken in regard to cybersecurity in his first six months in office in the next issue of the InfoSecurity print magazine, which is going live next month. And I'm actually going to finish with a story about the surge in ransom demands, particularly the average ransom demands increasing nearly threefold. So the average demand made to US and Canadian ransomware victims soared by a whopping 170% year on year, according to the latest data from Coalition. The insurance firm claimed in its H1 2021 cyber insurance claims report that the average ransom demand made to policyholders rose from $450,000 in H1 2020 to $1.2 million per claim in the first half of this year. The data is based on 50,000 customers providing useful insight into the current state of the threat landscape. Now, other data from the report hints at the likely cause of many ransomware compromises. The percentage of policyholders who experienced a claim due to exposed RDP increased from 29% in H1 2020 to 40% in H1 2021. And the severity of these incidents increased by 103%. RDP has been targeted relentlessly by threat actors during the pandemic as remote workers used the protocol to access their office-based desktops. Many of these endpoints are protected with weak or previously breached credentials, making it relatively easy for threat actors to hijack them and gain network access. However, the cyber criminals haven't had it all their own way. New data from the No More Ransom project out on Monday revealed that the initiative has saved victims of ransomware almost $1 billion over the past five years. The No More Ransom site is a repository for decryption keys for a number of variants. It has apparently helped more than 6 million victims recover their files since 2016. Thanks, Benjamin. Some pretty concerning findings in keeping with a, a lot of the topic of ransomware this year. Uh, and and the, the issue of ransomware demands and payments is something that's going to crop up regularly in the Q3 issue of our print magazine that, that you mentioned earlier, Ben. Um, so that, that's going to include a top 10 feature on the biggest known ransomware payments to date. Um, 
and, and much more. Anyway, that's all we've got time for today in today's episode. I've been James. And I've been Benjamin. Thanks for listening to Into Security Daily. We can't wait to get back to bringing you the same quality and quantity of online content as soon as possible. Until then, listen in to our daily podcast and stay connected to the cybersecurity stories that matter.